Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. When it comes to working on the defense, it, it, does it feel like you go back to zero or is it just tightening up a few things? Um, No, I, I don't think it's zero. I, I think there's, there's things that, you know, different teams require of you defensively. Um, you know, Dame is the best example um, because it's hard to play him, quote-unquote, you know, normally. Um, and then what that does is it puts you in positions defensively that um, that are not the things that you do um, you know, every other game. So I think there's situational things that each team uh, presents um, the way they twi- try to attack you uh, and then there there is a component I think where um, your emphasis and your focus you know in our case for instance being shifted on the weak side you know? all right that was Quinn Snyder from practice today answering a question from our very own Ben Anderson from the jazz pre half and post game show uh, want to remind you Steve Kyler is going to talk some NBA with us at the top of the four o'clock hour Craig Bowler Jack will be on at the top of the five o'clock hour so we'll talk a lot of jazz basketball today but uh, Gordon uh, kind of a, a general sense I went down to practice uh, that I was getting uh, we talked to coach Snyder we talked to Rudy Gobert we talked to Joe Ingles is that uh, a couple of days of practice was certainly a good thing and the defense was talked about a lot so what uh, we raised a lot of questions i wrote about it in a, in a column today uh, posted at sltrib.com what were the answers to the questions well, I don't know if they uh, talked a whole lot in specific. And, and really, and we can play this uh, at some point during the show today, Joe Ingles' uh, response was was probably the best one. But really, they just need to stay more focused. And not that they were making excuses, but they talked about how this is something the way they've been played recently is different than they've traditionally been played, mm-hmm. and they haven't had practice to work on how they were going to defend this. And so if you're going up isolation specifically, was mentioned by Coach Snyder, if you're going up against teams that are going to put you in isolation all night, which is certainly what we saw against mm-hmm. the Rockets mm-hmm. and against uh, Portland, uh, if if that's going to happen, they ne- need to know the best way to defend it. For example, if if... Joe's guarding Damian Lillard, and Lillard beats Joe. Mm-hmm. Rudy comes to help. Well, Rudy needs help. As Coach right. Chies always says, help the helper. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has been not happening or not happening well enough. And Quinn Snyder mentioned something as simple as putting your arms up. I mean, <laughs> that is, it's something that they haven't been doing. So that's why I say I think they, were ben- they benefited from a couple of days of practice because they needed to work on the concepts that they're going to use to combat some of these attacks. And these attacks change on a nightly basis, as Quinn Snyder says, so they don't always work on them all the time. So we're not allowed in practice, but it seems to me a good way for the Jazz to work on this would be to have Donovan Mitchell on the other team and have him do some of the things he can do to beat guys off the dribble and then see what they can do from there. Um, I, because he's really the only one. I, maybe Mike Conley could do that. Um, who else? 
Well, I don't know, but the thing is, is those two guys in particular are two of the guys that most need to work on what yes. we're talking about. Yes, so, that is true. I mean, I don't know what kind of concoction Quinn Snyder came up with or is coming up with to work on these sorts of things, but it sounded like they worked on them a lot. Yeah, well, they need to. In a five-on-five five scenario, too. So, however they, they broke it up and whoever was working on what, uh, they said it was really helpful to work on those concepts five-on-five. Five. Jake, this is a major issue. This is a big, big deal. Because it wasn't, I, I, I just kind of, I could be wrong on this, but I don't, I don't think this is some little blip on the radar. I think teams are paying attention, paying attention to what opponents of the Jazz are doing to them, and not every team can do it, but a good number of teams can do this, and the Jazz going to have to find a solution to it because they're going to see it a whole lot. If they haven't seen it before this last skid. They're going to see it a whole lot going forward. Well, honestly, if you really look at the Jazz roster, you you know that they're vulnerable to this. Yeah. Whether we wanted to notice it or not. Because you, of the lack of athleticism, the, uh, and, quickness, and size. size. Yeah. I mean, all the things required really to play great fundamental defense the Jazz lack in one way or another. I mean, for example, Joe Ingles is one of the are, are, he is one of the Jazz better defenders. He's but, got size, but he doesn't have speed. And he has savvy. I mean, he's a really savvy defender but when you're on an island going up against Damian Lillard you know, all the savviness in the world isn't going to give Joe the advantage in that situation. Yeah, Dame is going to win that 85% right. of the time. And, and we've even seen them vulnerable to somebody like Eric Gordon, who is absolutely a fine player and better than he looks on a nightly basis because of who his teammates are. But I don't think he's 50 points good, right? Right. So, I mean, they're, they're vulnerable to this, and the only way really to get through it is is to play team defense. And especially with Mike Conley getting more minutes, they're going to have to figure out a way to at least make it difficult for teams even when they're overmatched on the defensive side. And they can't just rely on Rudy all the time. That's exactly what we're finding out right now, is teams will figure out a way to neutralize Rudy uh, defensively and then make the Jazz pay. Yeah. So they, you got to figure out a way to, to compensate for that. Okay, so you hit some important points there. Uh, one of them is that the Jazz have to do it together because they don't have – these athletic traits or size, quickness that you're talking about. And so it's their only choice. And so when people ask them questions about it, what are they supposed to do? Say, well, we just don't have the athletes to play defense. We're cooked. They can't say that, right? So they, what do they say? They say exactly what we just said. Well, that they have to do it together, and they do. And I used a quote from Ben Franklin in my column. He said that uh, this is, you know, and he's a defensive specialist. Ben Franklin was, you know, in addition to discovering electricity and other things. He was a defensive specialist. Yeah, he said, "I don't. We'll, we'll either hang together, or we'll hang separately." And that's kind of the Jazz have to hang together and do this together in order or else they're going to lose. And uh, I, I assume that Quinn picked up on this right away and he probably was always aware of it. But like you said, they really haven't had time to practice what he has been preaching. So now maybe they have and we'll see where it goes from here. But it's really their only choice unless they want to make a trade before the trade deadline. Which, and there's some reports out there that they're shopping Ed Davis. And when I see those, I, I kind of snicker a little bit because, of course, they are. He's 
the only asset they really have to trade. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they are uh, what talking about to people about Ed Davis. Um, they won't do that because he's 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 going to be gone either way. Right, and he's he's really not getting paid that much, so he probably wouldn't be involved in some sort of you know salary maneuver for a team, and they can get him in the offseason, right? Is he a difference maker for a contending team? I mean, a... a Maybe. I mean, I he's guess. He's increased his value based on what he's done with uh, the Jazz. I wouldn't disagree with that, but yeah. still, yeah. I mean, Ed Davis, because he's got a two year contract and there are some other reasons why, you know, he may be more valuable, but uh, it's not a surprise that uh, that the Jazz are shopping him out there. And maybe they, they do need an extra piece, but here's the thing, Gordon, they're not going to make a move that's fundamentally going to change the team. So the fact is, is that. Quinn Snyder can't uh, accept the fact that they're not athletic enough. He he has got to. We've seen Coach Snyder tape together offenses over the past couple of years. He might have taped together a defense a little bit. Manufacture yeah. a defense. Come up with a scheme to defend this thing that that is effective, even if not unconventional. Jake, I think I mentioned this early uh, in the year. And uh, I think I might have written about it as well. But uh, do you remember me saying that the Jazz might be better on offense this year than they are on defense? I do remember you saying that. And I, I kind of was tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but not completely. And I don't know where the ratings are right now. I don't have the stats in front of me as we speak. I know you're really good at pulling that stuff up and stuff. But <laughs> it looks to me like they're better offensively than defensively. Rudy can't guard everybody. He just can't. And that's love, weird considering what the Jazz's tradition has been over the past I love that you years. just dropped a, you're good at looking that stuff up, just to basically tell me, hey, no, look qu- that, look no, that no, up. You're quick, you're, oh, you're you're, quick on you're the draw. You're good at looking that stuff up. That, that, was, that was Gordon for, well, I could hey, too. I mean, I, it's, you know, look it's, this up, sir. Okay, so I've so got so it. What do you want? Uh, offensive, uh, offensive, offensive rating, rating right now is a 112.1, good enough for eighth in the league. Okay, what are they defensively? Not eighth in the league. 108, good enough for eighth in the league. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Not over the last five years. Yeah, certainly, certainly not. not. No, <laughs> That's no, not no, the no. way they're trending. But right now, 108. until so they're eighth in both. So <laughs> that big build up to give yourself credit? <laughs> yeah, but it's a tie. Yeah, but it's it's been trending the other way. It has been, but I don't think the offense has been good since, uh, as good since Mike Conley came back. I mean, they've still got to figure that out. Joe Ingles, he spoke today, um, and and he didn't really talk about this, but his game is, has fallen off it a has. cliff yeah. since Mike Conley came back. Well, it actually started to do that before he came back. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, it hasn't been good. What's that look for? No, I'm just sitting here going, well, okay, okay, the Jazz have to work on their defense and they have to work on their offense. What's left? Well, sessions, a championship. They're they're on a four game losing streak. I mean, there's plenty to nitpick at. Yeah. When they're scoring 130 a game and beating every team by 20, their offense needs to get better. You know, the Jazz are like the weather. You know, when they play well, when it's sunny outside, it seems like it's always going to be that way. And when it starts to snow, oh, it feels like it's always going to be that really way. you really got snow on the brain, don't you? You really Maybe it's you who's considering moving to Las Cruces, except that it snows there. Only two inches a year. I got news for you. I ain't going to Las Cruces. Now, no offense to the people in Las Cruces. I'm sure it's a terrific place for whoever likes it. No, it's it not. 
if you're a gecko. Doesn't sound like you're being all that nice about Las Cruces to me. You know, I've never been to Las Cruces. I'm sure there's a fine Arby's there or something. Isn't that where New Mexico State is? Uh, Yes, it is. That's exactly where it is. They they roam in Las Cruces. Jeez. All right. The Knicks fired Steve Mills, their team president, uh, today. It's about time. General Manager Scott Perry will take over in the interim. Uh, It's rumored that uh, uh, Jim Dolan wants to... uh, pursue Masai Ujiri, the Mm -hmm. president of basketball operations for the Toronto Raptors. But they're uh, they're reluctant to surrender draft picks because Ujiri just signed an extension through 2021 uh, after they won the title. So uh, it would be expensive for the Knicks. But they're moving on from Steve Mills, which is actually incredibly smart. They should have done this a while ago. Well, they need somebody who who is a really smart, strong presence. Somebody who can stand up to Jim Dolan, if if anyone can. Well, Ujiri would be that. Yes, I agree. But I don't think they can land him. I don't think anybody wants to work for the Knicks. Uh, the paycheck would have to be astronomical. Well, here's something that, that jazz fans can uh, identify with. Once you get a reputation... It, that that circles like wildfire amongst players and can make life really difficult. And, you know, Kevin Durant's kind of had a funny year sitting on the sidelines and he snipes on social media occasionally and he does the random interviews where he says probably more uh, than he should and everybody calls him thin-skinned. But he said in one of those interviews, he said nobody wants to go play for the Knicks. And that's really saying something, isn't it? Considering it is sort of the basketball mecca. Um, you would, you would, you really got to screw it up to create that kind of environment. And now they're, you know, a project like the Nets, where you're trying to to turn the tide on what is cool in this major market. And they go, you know, the Nets have the different floor, and they play yeah. in Brooklyn, which is a little more hip now than mm-hmm. Man- Manhattan, maybe, and it's more up and coming. And they'd rather take that challenge than go play for a, a disastrous franchise with a, with a bad owner. So if I'm Musayu Jury, maybe maybe that's an intriguing project to me, and I really want to right the ship on a franchise that has been just dreadful for 20 years. Uh, but if, if they w- make the offer, Jake, that's something I would consider doing if I were him. Uh, if the price were right, well, if they paid you Phil Phil Jackson money, well, I mean that's that would be sort of the ultimate challenge, wouldn't it? But he would have to have freedom to do what he wanted to do. See, the thing you remember when um, who's who's the baseball guy for the Red Sox? Boy Wonder. Why am I going? Why am I going blank? Boy Wonder. Uh, they went to the Cubs. Best general manager in the history of sports. Uh, uh, Epstein. Uh, Theo Epstein. Thank you very much. When he went to the Cubs, that was, you know, everybody says, oh, this is the ultimate challenge. The Cubs had just gone through an ownership change. And all of a sudden, the new ownership was was more than willing to, uh, you know, invest what they had to invest to get them over the top. And he knew that. I mean, when you're going to bad ownership, Gordon, how many times have you, you know, when you talk, I listen from the ownership on down. That's how it yeah, goes. And yeah. I, I would be surprised if he got that guy. I mean, remember, he got Phil Jackson just because Phil Jackson wasn't doing anything else. And, they, <laughs> and he didn't do anything after he got the $10 million a year or whatever it was. And more or less told Dolan that that's what was going to happen. 
So, I mean, uh, there's some other trade rumors uh, that are out there as well. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. What do you think about Clint Capella being on the on the block for the Rockets? A lot of the stats nerds are saying the Rockets are a better team without Clint Capella, and he's actually one of the few things the Rockets have to trade. But I bet you the Jazz have an opinion on that after what happened against the Jazz without Clint Capella. Yeah, I mean, but what happened for the Jazz when they had Clint Capella? That wasn't so good either, right? No, and I, I think they're hoping to get back to their, their switching defense where they can switch everything, which we did see be so effective uh, uh, against the Jazz. And they're just going with the ISO, spread it out for, for Russ and Harden. That's that's what's most effective for that team, and they're really going to turn into the spin on that uh, on that wholeheartedly. I Okay, uh, this is foolish of me to make this bold of a prediction. And I could be completely wrong on this, but I'd be surprised if anything really, really major happens here. Wouldn't you? Around the deadline? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem like there are... I mean, everybody's saying Kevin Love's going to stay in Cleveland, which just seems crazy. But, I mean, I just saw a rumor that perhaps a D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins swap. Yeah, something like that could happen, I guess. Which that would be... I mean, that'd be a, a fairly big deal. Because Minnesota, all of a sudden, maybe you consider a little bit more of a playoff threat. And actually, I don't hate the fit of Andrew Wiggins. Do you like Wiggins as a player? I mean, he he seems he looks like a when I watch him play. I, it's I'm not sure that he has discovered who he is as a as a, as an NBA player. Okay, you just put. I think you're right, but you put it a lot more nicely than I'm going to put it. <laughs> okay. When well actually let me start out with something nice. When when the good lord was chiseling out a basketball player, she chiseled out Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> she said this is a basketball player. And uh and it, it's true. The measurables, the athleticism, I mean it's it's all off the charts. It's why people were were viewing him so highly when he was at Kansas and when he came out and was the number 1 pick because all the all that stuff is there. But I think Jimmy Butler was right. I I think he and Carl Anthony Towns both have a work ethic problem and an overall maybe selfishness problem. But here's the thing, you plug it into what we've known as the Warriors kind of culture and what happens with those types of players. Usually they they get in line and and go with the flow. Right. And so maybe a, a culture change would be really good for a player like Andrew Wiggins. And then all of a sudden, some if he could become a, a real 3-and-D type dude, you know, kind of a, a upper echelon role player to go next to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and somebody can go guard the other team's best player, if he'd actually fall in line and do that, he'd be really, really good and a lot better fit than, say, D'Angelo Russell. But, yeah. And Minnesota needs somebody that can pull the trigger. Watch out for the Warriors, man. Well, I like this, Wiggins this with is, the Warriors. That, is, I like that. Thought. This is a very temporary lull. They are going to be back in a major way next year. All right. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.